0: So I want to say from the beginning, I I want you all to know that I am resolved this morning um, not to be one of those preachers that ascends a pulpit in New York City um, once a year on Good Shepherd Sunday and attempts to say anything uh, particularly meaningful about sheep. I'm I'm not going to do it today. Um, I don't know anything about sheep. I doubt many of you do. Um, It's probably fine for us to just leave it there. Um, But of course, Jesus knows a lot about sheep, probably, and there is a lot of sheep and pastoral imagery generally in today's Gospel. And it's one of the places we hear Jesus making one of these several famous statements about himself which appear throughout John's Gospel which begin with, I am, the I am sayings of Jesus. There are actually seven of these in the Gospel of John, seven being an important number in the text, and that's the number of, among other things, these particular sayings. So today it's I am the gate, sometimes translated I am the door, but I am the gate. And the saying sits in this larger parable he's telling, um, it's a metaphor he's sort of drawing together, which is very pastoralist, involves sheep and shepherds and a sheepfold and bandits and thieves that might cause them some kind of danger or anxiety, many of these things which are a bit fuzzy to us at this point in our collective memory as modern humans there's plenty we can still do with this sort of thing, and indeed we have to. um, You'll know this about the Bible. To engage with the meaning that's being made, you kind of have to go to that place of the ancient world, the ancient mind, um, and the way that they're using these uh, images in particular. It's very important in reading the Bible. So a couple things going on here. One is that this audience um, who would be receiving John's gospel initially would have included very much both Jewish and Greek Gentile people. John's Gospel is the latest of the Gospels to be composed and this would have been well into the period where uh, many, many people um, from sort of all stripes, uh, both Jewish Christian and Gentile Christian and all the differences, um, all of that would be present and fully incorporated into what we now call the life of the Church. For the Jewish audience, I am immediately hits the ear in a particular way. It's the name of God. It's the name that God gives Moses in Exodus when God asks, when Moses asks God for a name, what should I tell the people that your name is? And God says, tell them that I am, or I am who I am. So for a Jewish audience, this is pretty brazen of Jesus, actually, to pretty, um, pretty directly um, equate himself, link himself with God. It's quite a specific gesture any Jewish person hearing it would have picked up on. Apparently also, I am in Hellenistic religion would have referred also to deity and would have had to do with um, this concept actually we we have sort of taken um, from Greek thought of theophany, the idea of deity manifesting itself in a particular way to someone. So you can see that John is writing in a way that his entire audience, his entire base of people that he's attempting to persuade by his account of this event of Christ's coming, they can all hear and understand in a certain kind of shorthand with I am the lofty implications of what he is trying to say. Jesus is also in this text doing what he is wont to do in terms of teaching, which is to engage the truth of who he is and how he talks about himself um, by way of story and image and metaphor. Again, this word we use, parable. It is something Jesus does all the time, because it seems that when he speaks directly about himself to his disciples and to those who are around him, it usually doesn't work terribly well. It's not guaranteed to work even speaking indirectly. We hear that in the text today, too. They were confused, and he had to sort of explain himself. But it seems like he um, has a higher yield if he speaks in these parables. And there's a whole lot more, we know this, too, that can be said, more truth, more truth, that can be communicated concisely in these indirect ways of engaging it, as opposed to being didactic. Another one of these I am sayings, of course, is I am the Good Shepherd, and we talk about that certainly on Good Shepherd Sunday. Um, That's one we'll all know. We've got lots of hymns and poetry and art um, in the tradition that picked up on this. Um, It's a favored reading also at funerals. But notice that this one is different, it's a bit different. It's I am the gate right? and this, Jesus is not the shepherd exactly, but he is the gate itself to the sheepfold, this enclosure that would have been the place where the sheep would have found a space of refuge and be corralled together. raises some questions, of course, if we are to understand ourselves as the sheep, what is it exactly that Jesus is the gate to? Maybe we can think of it as heaven, or you'll hear more about it in the Synoptics as the Kingdom of God, this new human community that is created by way of faith in Christ across all of these lines of human difference. There's also, from our Jewish roots, a sense of the set-apartness of it, this group of people being marked by God in Christ in a particular way, and that that's also part of our self-understanding. It's interesting to me to think about who or what the door is getting us away from. What is the danger out there exactly? And to note, too, Jesus' insistence on the uniqueness, his uniqueness, in the midst of what he calls thieves and bandits who have come before him. He wants to make a claim and say, I, I'm telling you, what I am bringing into the world here is something unique. My message does set me apart from those who are opposing it. If we think about the gate in terms of symbolizing rescue, refuge, asylum, I find that to be a very moving image of salvation in Christ. And there are all of these differently nuanced understandings of what Jesus' coming actually means for human beings, means for you and for me. Um, The posh sort of theological term you would use is, what's your theory of atonement? What is it that you understand to be the specific meaning of what Jesus has done, his salvific action in the world? If the people of God are being saved by him, what exactly are they being saved from, and how, and what does it mean for them, for us to respond to it? There are a number of different ways of thinking about this, and we actually, we can get a little bit in the tradition Um, confused about how maybe one of them has to be the truest one. I had a seminary professor once, a very good one, who said they all contain truth and none of them is sufficient in and of itself. So if Jesus is the new Adam, that's a really good one, who teaches us a whole new way of being human, that's salvation. If Jesus is Christus Victor, the one who goes to hell and back and rescues all the captives, that's a good one. If Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, that's a good one. And they're all true, and none of them are sufficient unto themselves. In this one, if Jesus is the gate, rescue, again, I think is kind of the word for it. Rescue from the elements, rescue from what's out there, the ways of the world, which we say pretty concisely in our baptismal covenant, those things which hurt and destroy the creatures of God, that understanding of sin, rescue from that, rescue from those certainly, um, that, that, that can certainly be read into this gate image, that there are elements out there from which we all need shelter, from which we all need respite, and that Jesus himself is the way to that respite. Not in the sense that we are purely a people who, because of Jesus, get to hermit ourselves away from the world and aren't concerned about its transformation um, more into the kind of world which reflects the love of God, no. But that even to imagine that world requires, first, some shelter, some cover, some sense of safe arrival and lack of immediate danger in order for us to think clearly and creatively about how we might go about doing that work. Hopefully, whenever we gather as church on Sunday, this can be an expression of that, a place where we feel that sense of relief and shelter and cover, and in particular in the Eucharist, especially to receive solace and strength to go back into the world and to transform it. But Christ does this, does this for each one of us and calls us each by name, offering us this shelter this rescue from all of those material and emotional, spiritual forces which set themselves against our fullest flourishing and that of our world. He tells us that he is the gate to that, that space in which to be able to take a breath, to not have to self-edit or to look over your shoulder periodically, to feel like you are among trusted friends and loved ones, and to begin to dream well about the way forward for God's world. Indeed, God in Christ opens this way for all of us, this way of the gate, and freely offers us entry, all of us, and all we have to do is enter and rest and celebrate. Amen.